What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. This is Resistance in Residence, where we profile artists using their gifts to change the world. This week's Resistance in Residence artist is poet, poverty scholar, activist, author, organizer, daughter of D, and one of the co-founders of both Poor Poets and Homefulness, Lisa Tiny Gray Garcia. Hey, Tiny, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, what's up, what's up? Thank you for the opportunity, relatives. Absolutely. Tiny, um, for my listeners who don't, I mean, I know you. We've been in the streets and on stages and everything in between together for a while now. Um, but tell my listeners uh, about you and specifically where and how you grew up and what your family was like. You you say in your intro that you were the daughter of Dee and uh, why mm. don't you maybe start there? Mm. Thank you. Um, I always start with, first of all, thanking the first peoples of this occupied land. Uh, we all both know and appreciate you for honoring our sisters, warriors still here. Uh, Loni Lashon relatives, um, and all honoring my mama for without whom there'd be no me. I say I'm a poverty scholar, that houseless mama, that houseless daughter, all those people you don't want to see, never want to be, look away from we. What you going to do? Oakland, Berkeley, Frisco, arrest me? We're in your city. Uh, yeah, I say that I was born in the backseat of a car, uh, neither here, there, or anywhere. Um, Ma is and me started out, you know, down in occupied Tongva land, aka LA. Um, mama was, a, you know, mixed race, poor single mama, holding on by any means, uh, had been raised in foster homes and orphanages that she used to call the torture homes. Um, that she lived through those and even was able to continue is another example of the strength of our mothers. Shout out to all the mamas, to you, Kat, and to all the mamas listening and out there in the ancestor world as well in the spirit journey. Um, we know that sometimes these these oppressions and these struggles are more than the human body, the vessel can take. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people talk about resilience and it's a beautiful concept. I kind of think that as poor people just keep uh, putting more clothes on and keep it moving, as I watched my mom do many times. And, uh, you know, she got her way by any means necessary, uh, you know, got the paper out of the the institution, became what she thought was someone who was going to help young people like her. And in the end, you know, was um, fired by a white psychologist for doing what I call family restoration instead of family reparations um, at at an institutional uh, placement for girls like her. When that happened... um, it was one, you know, one paycheck away from the street, and we ended up literally outside within 30 days. Uh, that was when I was 11 years old, um, and I had to drop out of formal institutions of learning, at which point I had to enroll in the School of Hard Knocks, which I am proud to say I graduated with a Ph.D. in poverty, uh, but not because I'm glamorizing that ish. Those uh, those oppressions kill us, and so many of our relatives die. And I and my ma, you know, were basically slanging art on the street, um, hustling for change. We had the same day as our our relatives who were selling street newspapers or 
um, different things from other parts of Mama Earth. Um, and we were arrested oftentimes because we didn't have licenses. We were nosotros vendedores. You know, we were part of a vendor underground economic strategy class that a lot of poor people and poor families specifically are part of. And, um, you know, we made it by any means necessary. But then uh, when I was 18, I was arrested uh, for the crime of being houseless in this occupied land. I did three months in Santa Rita, you know, that fabulous place that so many of us organizers are constantly struggling with to change. I appreciate all your work to do on that. Um, but what happened is after several years, you know, struggling in LA, we did all Beverly Hill, Billy style, put everything on the broke down hoopty and came up to the Bay. Cause my mom was like, it's going to be better there. You know, a lot of our mamas dream that somewhere a regional cure is going to make it better. Um, but you know, as off, as is often the case, it wasn't, we ended up in Oakland and the eviction started again and the struggle started again. And, um, and we held on. But that arrest and then that what happened afterwards, just the loss of everything, so many things was almost untouchable, um, couldn't recoup, tried to end my life, um, really, really broke me and Ma in so many ways. And, you know, sometimes these breakages are the end of us and sometimes they're the beginning of a different of us. Um, I have to say thank you to Creator and ancestors for I feel like always are watching over always all of our relatives that I don't know. But I had the blessing of meeting uh, revolutionary lawyer Ocean Newman, who I say <laughs> jokingly say he busted me out of jail, uh, converted my thousands of hours into a writing assignment. He asked me, "What can I do?" And I tentatively said, "Well, uh, I can write." And as I, as I also proceeded to tell him all the different survival hustles I had to do to get through every day. And he said, well, that's what you'll do then. And I was like, whoa, what, what just happened? Like somebody actually listened to me and gave a real solution that I might've come up with. And coming out of that, I, I wrote a piece, which actually became later the, the title of the memoir that City Lights published called Criminal of Poverty, Growing Up Homeless in America. And, um, yeah, and, and that started a process that then became other things. My mom started auditing classes in San Francisco State. She didn't have the money for tuition. And again, we were in this hopeless place. But she was always a seeker of knowledge and possibilities. E-Y-A, mom. I was like, she's here with us. Cat, real talk. So is your mama. Ooh, just felt that. Mm, I say thank you. So, Yeah. So she um, and I, because uh, she was disabled and I was her sole support caregiver, we ended up sitting in on classes with Erica Huggins and Angela Davis and these warrior spirit, you know, women, fierce. And uh, something Erica said to me once, I'll never forget. And she, you know, I felt like she was talking to me. Of course, she really wasn't talking to me. She was talking to everybody, but... It was that moment, you know, we have those moments and it was um, this thing about homeless mothers and children are sometimes some of the most uh, oppressed people in our society. And it was that moment and, and a few others at that time, these these moments of consciousness that allowed my mom to pull back some of the cultures that had been stolen from her. She's mixed race, Afro-Boricua, Celtic and Roma and all of these things, you know, and a lot of oppressed peoples in her. 
she was left. Her mom tried to kill her. I mean, it was just horrible things. And that that gathering of conciencia, of consciousness, allowed us to dream, to have some hope. And then the third milagro, I say, the third miracle, is we met a, a landlord who wasn't a scam lord. And they didn't evict us the first time we couldn't afford the rent. And those things enabled us to dream, to vision, the concept of hopefulness while still on the street, literally. And then the the movement that um, we have today called Poor Magazine, a poor people-led, indigenous people-led movement. And out of that, of course, came so many projects like the Poe Poets Project. Shout out to my brother Leroy, to Junebug, to Queen Nandi, to Vivi T, to all the Poe Poets on the Welfare Queen Project that I started with other relatives and sisters like Lori McElroy and Queen Nandi and more, many more. Um, and also the Sala Comunitaria, the community newsroom that we did as well, um, people school that we do for folks with race and class privilege, because we've all been lied to about capitalism. And the concept of poetry, I say, save my life, Kat. Um, and I know you're also a cultural artist. And this way that we can express and that we can, you know, put our, our, our pain into palabra, into something else that isn't just maybe anger, right? It's maybe it's grief. It's grief on the page. Um, yeah. In that grieving on the page, we, uh, we can see maybe sometimes just a little less and feel a little less hopeless. You know, Tani, as I was uh, getting ready for our interview and, and like I said at the beginning of this conversation, you know, I've known you, I think almost as long as I've been here, uh, Oh. which is I think like 16, 16 something years at this point. But, um, and so I was just rattling, you know, some folks, I have to go look up their bio and she was, I was like, she's this, she's this, she's this. And, 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 and I was like, and an author. And then, um, cause I knew you'd written a book or two. Yes. <laughs> but then I just went on your website, my G. Oh, okay. okay. Oh my gosh. Like there's so much here from, children's books to um you know what i would call survival books like how to not call the police ever you are like a prolific author um thank you talk i mean well i i guess i mean i'm not i know that you're an amazing writer that's not the part that's surprising i, I think what i'm sitting with is is like i've been trying to write just the outline of a book for three years <laughs> <laughs> I can't, right? I was like, I can't find the time. Or maybe when the time comes, I'm like, okay, I'm not working anymore. Like, how do you, you are legit in this in these streets. Like, legit. Mm -hmm. Like, not just when there's an action and not just when there's door knocking. Like, every day, all day, you were in these streets or you were at a meeting. And, and not even just, like, in one town. Like, in cities all over the Bay Area um, <laughs> with this fight. Um, where do you find the time? And what is your process from inspiration to written work? Mm, mm. Well, first I want to shout out again back to Mama again because um, because of of survival, because of the extreme positions of being on the street and really hungry, not having money, um, not having money to not only pay the rent but like not get food. I mean, I went through that kind of people only associate that kind of poverty a lot of times with so called global south. 
Um, and I always say, you know, hunger, being, missing a meal is the same from here to Haiti and shout out to our relatives in Haiti. Um, and I say that to say that there are many different reasons that people become in positions of poverty in the United Snakes. Um, you know, as Mother Teresa once said, we have poverty of the spirit here. But there were specific ways in which I had to work all the time. Um, I'm grieving some of that now, Kat, and I just want to lift uh, lift you up for all the beautiful work that you do in, in media and culture as well, because you you taught me something. You know, I was a I was a rest hater. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> until, I, until I listened to your to the beautiful sister you had on talking about rest and and how she brought me into a different way of looking. Oh, Patricia right? Hersey, right? listen, me too. Oh, right, because it was about. I can't stop, won't stop, can't stop, won't stop. What, what, what are you talking about? What, what, what do you mean? You know, and I just felt this weird, like, almost um, that was privileged people. That's not what I can do. Yeah, yeah. Feel me right, right. I know you do. And, I do. Um, right? And and it it took a lot it for me to even. And my son is is so beautiful in that. I know our children are helping us with that, right? That struggle because he's like, no, my no, just no. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> because they want us to be here, my G. They're like, "What right. are you doing?" Right. right, so he'll take the phone away. So there's that, um, and I'm getting better on that piece. But I will oh, say, God. all right, I will say that there is this way in which that ghetto scholarship that Mama put in me of survival by any means necessary. Hello, somebody um, is oftentimes also what we need in in art. And I'll say that to say that I joke and not so joke with my fellow poverty scholars because we do we do workshops, by the way, FYI, for um in poetry and, and poverty journalism as we call it at um people school and for, for fellow poor folks. And I say let's not get caught wait for it in the procrastination because <laughs> It is a, it is a, it's a space that we can get caught in and then it can have a life of its own. And then it becomes like this, this, this thing, you know, like you're, oh no, 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 not that outline. Not you know, like you want to move right? away Listen. <laughs> right? You want to move away from it. And so I tell this because my son's an artist too and a writer and I'm helping him and he's, he gets lost in it too. And I'm like, first of all, Let's just put that pen out in front of you and that paper or that, you know, computer or whatever it is your your device, your tool is, and just start writing. Because all of this preambling ain't getting us there. It ain't. And I find that that's my mama speaking to me. She's like, mm, you can be talking about, excuse me, you can be talking about ish all day and twice on Sunday. But what you got on the pace to show for it? What? And so I say that to say it's like a little bit of mama D for you. Thank I say, you. right? I say that to say that 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 did that is my process. And now what I'm doing, and I teach relatives and fe fellow poverty scholars, is is that the discipline helps. Um, but the discipline without 
a whole lot of preamble. So in other words, I do make appointments with myself, you know, every day for two hours, I'm going to be doing this or half an hour. If it's too much, you know, it's kind of almost like this weird old pop psychology behavior modification thing, right? Don't like say I'm going to write for nine hours. Say you're going to write for 20 minutes. Um, do that and do something on that page for 20 minutes, even if you're doodling, even if you're drawing a picture of one of your scenes, um, and I find that honestly, that is, that's the secret. It ain't even no secret. It's just real. It's just like, no, no B, you got to do it like that. It, the other thing is that I feel honestly, um, and I think this is because of the, of so much of the mess that I've gone through and, and there's trauma on top of trauma. And I know you feel me on all that, but I, I used to you know, after, after getting that opportunity of writing in that point in my life when I had lost so much, it used to be the way that I could feel that I wasn't going to be buried under the grief. Real talk. In, in all the things that buried means, it's life for me to write. And sometimes, you know, I mean, we all know our process and some of the half of the stuff I put on the page is, you know, I have to throw it away. It's ridiculous. Or as my mom would say, pounding on the table is now writing. Okay. But that said, I get something there and I feel like I'm not, I'm not, I'm here with us, right? I'm here. And that the trauma didn't get me today. Get back, you know, get back. You didn't get me today. So there's that, there's that. And yeah, so the time piece is real and I'm getting, I'm trying to get better at that because, you know, some big things happened for this year and I've got to figure out how to not, you know, double book and all that kind of mess, you know, already know. But, um, but I do believe that we have to center our art as though it was as important as everything else. And I'll just leave it there. Well, I didn't realize you was taking me to church today, but I ain't got no excuses. <laughs> and I know next time I see you, you'll be like, so? <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Where's it at, Kat? <laughs> Fair I'm enough. I'm watching you too now, whether you like it or not. Right, That's that part. Cool. I guess, I listen, I guess we get what, what we need uh, when we need it. Um, Tiny, we've talked about you being an author. We've talked about you being a poet and we just got a little taste of you being uh, a teacher. Um, could you spit something for us, please? Oh yeah. Well, God, there's so many things I could do. Dang. But I feel like, and even though people know this poem, I feel like I need to do it because we're talking so deeply about our mamas right now. And I feel mamas with us. Um, so this, this one is the the anthem that I wrote for the Welfare Queens, small W capital Q cultural uh, project in, on play that we did back in 2006. Um, and I should, again, shouting out to Lori McElroy, uh, Ibaye, who didn't make it to this side because of the lie of rent and capitalism, as I call it, and developers and gentrification and should have been here right now to live in hopefulness. Ibaye, Lori and to Vivi T and Queen Andi and Tracy and Junebug. Whew. This poem is in honor of homeless mothers and poor mothers, low-wage mothers and no-wage mothers, 
welfare mothers and incarcerated mothers, Palestinian mothers and migrante mothers. In other words, this poem is in honor of D.H. Estwith, C.P. Estwith, and most of all, System Messed With Mothers? This poem is in honor of all those poor women and men, because don't sing me that song about gender again, who fight and struggle and steal and beg in every crevice and corner to keep our kids in a bed, who dress and feed with tired hands, who answer cries over and over again, who can barely make it, but sometimes do, and save all the world's people like me and you and you. Can I get a witness? Mm. Who can barely make it, but always do, and still raise all the world's people like me and you and you. Oh, oh my dear. Mm. Tani, what are you working on now? Ooh, well, you know, I released my... Oh, well, I should say, what are you not working on now? Ah! <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, well, first of all, I just released... I want to I give a shout out because um, I did last year, I should say, released my first poetry anthology, The Sidewalk Motel, Poems and Potionary. Because, yes, I did say potionary. I got my own words. For a remix of the colonial language. Ah. Poems and Potionary from a Poverty Scholar. You can get it on poorpress.net or AK Press or whatever. Just don't go to a Monsters On, please. Um, but, and then, uh, you know, all the other beautiful books at Poor Press, because I stand with all my Poverty Scholars. These are books that are um, created by fellow poor and houseless writers. 100% of the proceeds goes back to them, because we know that bloodstained dollars is real and survival is real. And so that's a, you know, that's a hustle. So check them out, relatives. We're coming out with a, a new release of books in 2024 with my brother Leroy and, oh, my God, Ingrid de Leon and all the warriors, uh, Angel Heart and, and Lori Herrera and so many more. That's coming out in 2024. Um, I My book is going to come out in that another it's a, it's a, I call it a children's book for all ages, just like when mom and me lived outside, which was actually made into a short uh, movie. But, um, the new one is called, wait for it, the land back Turkey. Uh, and so <laughs> I think you will enjoy it. Everybody will enjoy it, but let's just say our animal teachers have a lot to teach us and, uh, also a lot of fun to take us through. And while they also, uh, make sure that Mother Earth has returned <laughs> to the First Peoples and all to, to all of the relatives who built this occupied land known as America Land. Um, the other thing is that we we made a feature film, bruh, uh, called Crushing Wheelchairs. Yes. And it's um, it's not a documentary. Not that there's anything wrong. We love documentaries. It's beautiful. But this is a feature film. Um, I wrote my first uh, screenplay, which was insane, which was insane, cat on another level. Because I know someday you'll be doing that too if you haven't already. I did. I actually have written my first one. It'll be. It'll be. It, it just made its way through some film festivals. It'll be premiering in Oakland in February. Stars Margot Hall. It's not a feature. It's a short. But I, I did. I, that's done. I can't wait. Can't wait for that opening. I'll be there with bells on. Um. Right. Well, crushing wheelchairs is about the violence of sweeping humans like we're trash, <sighs> which you already know. Uh, it, dedicated to our relatives at Wood Street, who are part of our family, and all of our relatives all across Turtle Island. 
And the last thing is that I was called in uh, to be part of the community scholars residency of all things. I'd like, is that include a residence? Is that what a residency is? <laughs> but anyway, at UCLA. So I'm going down to Tongva and I'm going to help relatives down there start a homefulness. We were being called a lot of places. Shout out to Auntie Francis and Moteado Silencio and all my relatives at homefulness. We are being called to a lot of places on occupied Turtle Island and to Karina Gold and our relatives at Segorte Land Trust to lift up the concept of homefulness with one L, homefulness, a homeless people's solution to homelessness. Guess what? We have our own solutions. Just listen to us. All right, Tani, last thing, tell the people that want to learn more, and I know there are many out there now, uh, where they can find you and learn more about you and your work. Oh, right on. Thank you, Kat, so much for this beautiful space and, and day. Um, you can go to my website, actually, which I, I don't actually promote much, but thank you for saying that, um, www.lisatinygraygarcia.com. Um, or you can go to poormagazine.org or just look up Google Poor Magazine, P-O-O-R, Skylas Till We Die, the revolution begins with I and then becomes we. No, Poor Magazine, <laughs> um, Poor Magazine, and you can also get all kinds of stuff on there. We do Poor People's Radio, uh, nowhere near, are we, are we anywhere close to uh, Cat's Badassery, but we are trying. <laughs> hey. And then poorpress.net is where you can get any of these beautiful books as well and support the, all the, all the, all the houseless scholars, poverty scholars, homefulness. You are listening to Law and Disorder. I'm your host, Kat Brooks. This week's resistance and residence artist is poet, po- poverty scholar, activist, author, organizer, daughter of D, and one of the co-founders of both Poor Poets and Homefulness, Lisa Tiny Gray Garcia. Tiny, thank you so much. Thank you. I love you, Pam. I love you too. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. Our resistance and residence theme music was composed by Jesse Strauss. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listeners. If you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs> <laughs>